Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. I didn't just walk up to that property and say, I demand you because I am the Bishop of Grace Church. Are you kidding me? No. The Lord had to confirm it. He did it in numerous ways. But one morning in particular, uh, I'll share this story and, and we'll move on. The architect told us that the property was too small for us, 11.5 acres, and that we wouldn't have the 700 plus parking spaces that we we need. And um, I prayed that morning, and the Lord's like, that's not true. I had several conditions for the property. It had to be close to 95. Uh, Another condition was it needed to be large enough for us. Um, Secondly, it needed to be within proximity of this, this congregation. So it fit everything. And when he said that the, the property, uh, what we want to build could not fit on the property, that meant that it didn't fit the things that I prayed about that I believe the Lord wanted us to look for, for this property. But I prayed that morning and the Lord told me, he says, son, you, that property is large enough for, for everything I want to do. And for me, he didn't tell me, by the way, that's your property. He hadn't told me that. But when he said that, I knew I said, okay, you're telling me that property's large enough, and you told me that, contrary to what my architect told me the day before. So we went into the meeting. Lo and behold, I'm sorry, the property's large enough for everything you want to do. For me, that was a confirmation. You understand? And what can happen, and listen, I'm like you. You can want something, and things are shiny, and you think it's God because you want it. But I'm not God. And just because I want something and desire doesn't mean it's God. Many people have a thought in their mind and say, well, God's telling me. No, you're thinking. And let me tell you, too, idols speak to you, too. When you have idols in your lives, things out of control, it will speak to you like it's God. It will start saying, that man's your husband, that woman's your husband, that that business over there that you have no business with is yours. Because that idol that thinks so big in your heart, it speaks like the voice of God. And and you got to be very careful about that. So we were dealing with a need, and I've been doing this for a few years. So I wasn't just going to, you know, I'm the man of God. You kidding me? Lord, I'm your servant. Show me, and yeah, I'll stand up and be the man of God, but first, I'm your servant. And and you show me. After you show me, I'll, I'll be as strong, as bold as you need me to be. But Lord, I'm looking to you. And when I became confident, well, after he said that, there was a confidence that sprung. And we've been negotiating since mid-December all the way through uh, January. And uh, I had to cancel, actually. Actually, I told them, I'm going to walk away. But I had complete peace. God's got this. And that means that they got to call me to get me back to the table and all the way. I was prepared to. Why? Because I knew that I, that, that, that I knew. And, and you see, when you know God's will, it's, it's different. And, and your prayers are different. But you got to let the word get in you until you know. See, the problem is some people believe in healing as a doctrine. That's your problem. You believe it because you're a Pentecostal or charismatic. Not because you know, but because you attend a denomination of church. That's why you're sick. I believe these things because the Word of God says it. And here's the deal. Even the things I believe, I'm like, Lord, you got to show me one more time again. Lord, minister to me again from your Word. I'm not talking, God, I'm a great man of faith and be impressed by me. No, it's Lord, show me. 
build this thing in me, show me. And it works every single time. He said, if we ask anything according to his will, what heals us? So the only reason, there were a few sleepless nights, but it was over different issues. But the last couple of nights, and I had some pretty big things on the line, because I made an announcement, and the, 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 the email didn't go through, and so a lot of stuff, I don't want to go into all that. But the short of it was, I slept very well. Because I knew I prayed according to his will. I knew God heard me. I know it's just the flesh and the devil trying to get in the way of what God was doing. Let me finish this statement, and then we'll finish for tonight. As we allow God's word to take an authoritative role in our heart, we give the word the freedom to transform our thinking. Our mind becomes renewed by God's word, enabling us to pray in accordance. When we are abiding in Christ and his word, knowing the will of God, we can pray with this kind of authority and confidence. Here's the deal. God doesn't want you just to wish. How many of you know that's anxiety? I go before God. See, what, what we will do, because we're trained religiously and many times by folks that don't really know the word, we'll kind of, do you never go into a wishing fountain, you, you throw a, a coin in there and you make a wish? That's kind of how we do prayer. Lord, I'm going to throw a little wish here. That's not what we're doing. That sometimes, every now and then, that might work. Most of the time, it won't. What I've learned is, Lord, I, I don't want to just wish. Can you help me get to know? Amen. I want to know that I know. I want there an assurance on the inside to rise up. See, that's the only way you have peace in sickness. When you know you're coming out of that sick bed. When you know it, you're not just, you know, wishing it, but you know it. And many of us, we haven't, we, situations in homes, marriage, family, business, we haven't gotten to the place of knowing. And we live a life of I just hoping, I wish, and I'm, I'm hoping and I'm kind of praying and, and please. That's an anxious life. But God has given us the gift of faith where we can go into his presence and come out with knowledge we would not otherwise have. We can have inside knowledge of facts that seem to be lying against the truth, facts that say everything except what God is saying, but you can know on the inside. That's how Jesus did the things he did. That's how he went to the cross. That's how he handled the storm. That's how he dealt with demons. He knew things. He believed things. He held on to things. There was a peace in him because he had faith. So what we want to do is, is, is not just, well, let me just check this, check this, check this, and call it prayer. Let's, I want to look into your eyes, God, until I believe. You know, my, my kids, when they were little, they would jump, and I'd catch them. But the first few times they jumped, they were like, no. And they were scared. Why? Maybe they weren't sure I was strong enough. Maybe they might have thought I might have got distracted. But I kept saying, come, 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 come. Then all of a sudden, at some point, faith sprung. And they jumped. And for me, I know, you know, it's like, like oh, little kid, I'm still like a, when you enter, if you got, you got to become like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I got to sometimes hear, come, come. Come. When I look into his face long, that's my daddy. That's, that's my father calling me. That, that's, oh, he loves me. 
He's for me. He got strong arms. You know what? I'm going to stop thinking about the fear of what I don't know and put my faith in what I do know. I know He's for me. I know He loves me. I know He got me. And God in His patience saying, come, come, come. Eventually I jump. And it becomes one of the favorite things. I know my kids, they just always wanted to jump. And what happens at first, faith is, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But after you do it a couple of times, man, do it again, Lord, do it again, Lord, do it again. Give me that assurance. And, and that I know I can, I can jump from this high place into your arms knowing that you have me. Faith is an awesome thing. And it, but it's relational. And when you're looking face to face, man, with a God that runs the whole universe, Confidence will come. It's when you're looking away from the Lord trying to have faith. That's when you get in trouble. Am I making sense? I'm setting you up for something in a moment. John 15 and 7, and we're going to wrap up. He said, if you abide in me, this is Jesus speaking. Here's the condition, though. If you're going to put a demand, here's the condition. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, how many of you heard me teach this before? Okay, a few of you. You have to get into the word until the word gets into you. Yeah. What Jesus is talking about, the novice does not understand. Those of us who have really received miracles and experienced the power of God understand exactly what Jesus is saying. Let me read it again. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the saturation point. Every time God has done a major miracle in my life, I had reached the saturation point. Have you ever had, I wish I would have had the frame of mind to bring a sponge today, a sponge that was a little bit wet. And it's no lie that it's a little bit wet. You can't lie. I mean, it has, if wet is faith, it has a relative level of faith. But it's not functional to, to clean the pot of dishes because it's not yet saturated. Once it becomes saturated, all of the hardness, the stiffness, and the rough disappears. There's a softness, a malleableness, and, and a squeeziness in, in everything that all of a sudden comes into the sponge. Many of us have settled for a little bit wet. Did you hear what I just said? And you're not getting your pots clean. You're not able to do what God's called you to do. The problem is you, you've gone far, but not far enough. Did anybody hear what I just said? I'm glad you come, but you just didn't come far enough. And you got to reach the boiling point. You have to reach the saturation point until it's so in you, it comes out of you. And when it gets that big in you, it starts slipping out of you. How many of you, I know just a few of you, you know, maybe one or two of you were like me. When you were young, how many of you used to drink more than you should? All right. Talk about those of us who used to drink more than, than, than we should. There were times I would drink till I was completely done. People could smell it on me, see it on me. Some nights it even came out of me. Here's the deal. I was running for the devil. I, I was running as hard as I could for the devil. 
a little dab would not do me. But we come into the kingdom. And we go up to the heavenly bar of spirits. And you barely let the bartender pour you even a shot. You'll nurse that shot for seven weeks. It's five o'clock in the morning, you're still nursing that one shot. And then said, the Bible said, be filled with the Spirit. The Bible said that they accused the apostles of being drunk. They said, listen, it's nine o'clock in the morning. It's too early for us to be drinking. So we are not drunk with wine, but this is what the prophet said. And you understand what I'm saying? And he quoted Joel, we are full of the Spirit. But here's the, 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 the apostles would not settle. They weren't just nursing their little tiny messages. Little motivational snippets. And nurse it, you know, forever and ever. Man, they got into this thing. And that's why some of the language, when the Bible talks about being baptized in the Holy Ghost, anybody hear what I said? That's saying, I don't want a shot that I'm going to nurse for the rest of my life. Open up the bottle, take off the top, give me a big cup, and I want another one coming. Keep them coming, keep them coming, keep them coming till I fall off this bar. You hear what I'm saying? Keep it coming, Lord, till I forget about all my worries and my troubles, till I step into this other world where everything seems good. You understand what I'm saying? Here's the question. Here's the deal. Just a few of us in this room ran that way for the devil. Why are you... Dab will do for God. That's why you're not getting the results. You couldn't get to that place you were trying to get to unless you were maybe 15 with just one. You did whatever it took to get to that place, and many of you went further than that place. So in the kingdom, if in the world, why aren't you doing whatever it takes? It would take hours sometimes to get you to that place. There'd be all types of music, blasting, conversation going, then you hit that place. But if church goes just a little bit too long, When's the last time you had a spiritual six-pack? When's the last time you stayed in the Word till you started smelling like it? The people could see it in your behavior. Not just ringing your religious bells and I went to church. That's not what I'm talking about here. He said... If you abide in me, my word lives in you. He wants this, this, this stuff to get so in you that it's exuding from you. And when you get to that point, place a demand. And when I am saturated, when I am full, it's amazing the demand comes so easy. And I just know. It's kind of like a 
coin when you put it into, you used to, you used to use a phone, you know, the, the pay phone, and it would just kind of click, click, and it goes in there. You know, and the dial tone comes. And, and you, you just hear that sound, and you hear the, the bing, and some of you are too young to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, but you hear the, the bing, the dial tone. God is saying, stay in my word till you hear the dial tone. Stay in it till you hear the dial tone. If you start dialing the number before you hear the dial tone, it's going to miss some of the digits, right? And some of us trying to get what we want from God, but there's no dial tone. There's no yes. And you got to wait till your inside screaming, yes, it's fertile. He's ready. It's time. And then you press your numbers. You put the demand on the phone for what God knows could be on the other side if you just stick it in right. Before we wrap up, in our building to save money, we have motion sensors on lights. I see young people in here. That was not the greatest illustration. Um, that illustration. <laughs> Your parents will talk to you about that illustration. I just look back and I say, oh. And we're just about done. But there are motion sensors all over this building that the light won't come on until you move. All the power is there. Anybody catch me? Everything that's needed is there. You just got to move. And faith is like that. When it finally moves on the inside, a God who sees does. But it's not just, it got to move from here to here. Move from, I got it in my head to I know it in my heart. And when it makes that shift, it triggers the kingdom of heaven. And you step into the thing that God has for you. Again, every light in this room is according to the will of the architect. And I signed the designs and it's according to my will and the committee's will to put this thing together. This is all our will. It just takes motion to step into. Did you catch it? God's word is full of his will. But there gotta be motion on the inside. You gotta move into faith, move into confidence. And that's something God wants to help each of us do. So when you pray face to face, when you pray, the, the other part of that word spoke of the, the Greeks giving vows to their gods. Lord, whatever you want from me, it's not that you're paying God for it. Jesus paid for it. But, but you're saying, Lord, in gratitude, all, all I could give you is whatever you want, Lord. You are God. Then the second word, deasis, is the emphasis on the need. Lord, I'm not a strong as, as I, 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 I'm not as independent or as strong as I, I might have once thought, I, I need you. I need thee, Lord, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. And Lord, I have a tremendous need and I have an inability to get it done. And Lord, the distance between what I need and, and me getting it done is huge, Lord. Um, would you fill that gap? And that's that type of prayer. But then we're, we're talking about this final type of prayer where you're putting a demand on God. But this demand does not come out of you trying to be God's boss. It comes out of a saturation. 
It comes out of a hearing over and over and over and over again till you know that it's the will of the Father. It's not my will, but it's the will of the Father. And God, I plug in. And this is going to happen, God, because you said so. You are God, and I know you are God, and, and I believe it, and, and I have confidence, God, to come with boldness and, and assurance before you. And that's this third type of prayer. What I want you to do is unritualized prayer. And worst thing, I'm going to ask you to come back up. And sometimes for me, I would listen, I'd buy a tape series, a CD series. It depends on, you know, it used to be taped into CDs. I listened to them over and over and over again until my heart was full. You need trustworthy sources, though. Um, other times, I, I used to travel to, back then, there were camp meetings, and I'd be in a meeting all week. And I'd, I'd be in the Word all week, 24-7, pretty much. We'd have breaks, we'd have... Uh, morning services, then, then evening services. It's amazing the things that happen when I saturated myself in God's Word. Even this week, you were here on Sunday. All we did is add another day. Do you notice the difference? And you're not yet saturated, but you're getting closer. But when you reach that boiling point, that saturation point, everything shifts. I think in the future we're going to go back and we're going to start having some week-long services. They used to call them revival and all that. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yep. We're going to do that. So you could pull away and get saturated in God's Word. And I tell you, once you experience that, you get addicted to that. You get hooked on that. Because... You know, the, the first few times that I came away with a knowing with God and I was so bold and confident, I'm like, whoo, that is good. That is better than any, any drug. Kids, it's better than any drug. It's better than drinking anything, anywhere, in any bar. And I'm constantly hunting for that. I'm pressing into God to be assured and have confidence. So I want everyone to stand. What I want us to do here, I don't know what exactly what I want us to do, but we're going to do it in a minute. We're going to figure out what we're about to do. Lord, show us. Yeah, show us, Lord. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how Jesus prayed. Teach us how the apostles prayed. Teach us, teach us how to pray. You know, uh, the pusher would try to get you addicted. All, folks would try to get you addicted to the wrong stuff to serve their purposes. But I'm going to pray this before Sunday. Let me say this, by the end of service Sunday, that you have an experience with faith, that you tap into this addiction that I have, or at least one of those areas that you put on your sheet yesterday, you come to a place of saturation where it moves from your head to your heart. And Lord, you let everyone in this room taste and see 
that we experience the knowing and the confidence and it's not just a theory, something I preached about, but that every single person in this room, as your bishop, I decree it and declare it, that every single person in this room will have such an experience with God that you will never turn back. Actually, you're about to become a fanatic. Your life is about to change. And all of a sudden, you're going to get it. The light's going to come on, and you are going to be different. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.